It's time for the show that brings the magic right to your speakers. Ears up! Hey, welcome everybody. Ears up podcast. We're here for you for another show. Uh, The good news is that I haven't done a single thing for this show. Me either. That's the other good news. There's nothing for us to do uh, because this is a Terrence show. So all you Terrence fan out there. (laughs) Wow, rude. (laughs) Don't don't worry. I'm already here. That was amazing. Dang. Uh, Yeah, we're going to be. What are we talking about, Terrence? We are talking about Disney's America, that beloved theme park we have all been to many times, <laughs> located in scenic Virginia. Oh, yeah! I have an annual pass, and I must say it's pretty fun. I'm actually really surprised <laughs> that there are no, uh, you know, there are no Disney influencers talking about it. Yeah, I, I, I'm telling you, I, in my opinion, it's the best, the best park that's in existence. I don't know. <laughs> Why why we even have a theme park that's about Disneyland. It should be about Disney's America all day or day. That's right. Disney's <laughs> America, where you where you go and you get uh, helpings of canned cranberry sauce and dry turkey for Thanksgiving. Absolutely and then right. uh, you hold hands and everyone uh, you know, takes turns being pilgrims and they all wear a pilgrim hat, the classic pilgrim hat and Mm-hmm. You know, it's just the classic you poodle skirt America, right? That's Disney's. I'm in pilgrim it. hats and poodle skirts together. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> Turn your own butter if you'd like to as well. I'm, I'm telling you, I, I this is this is my favorite vacation spot. Disney's America <laughs> all the way. Well, I look forward to using some of your DVC points to uh, be able to go there next time. Great. <laughs> <laughs> that's, um, that's awesome. Yeah. Have you guys ever like tried to make butter out of buttermilk? Absolutely not. Never. Hundred percent. No. What? <laughs> what year? Just curious. Is this? <laughs> you can you can make buttermilk by using butter. Am I on the wrong show? <laughs> but you can also make butter using buttermilk. Imagine that. I've never tried to milk a butter before. <laughs> it's not easy. <laughs> no. It takes a long time, but it can happen. You if done? you run out of butter, but you have buttermilk. Ta-da! Cool. Mm-hmm. All Why right. in the hell would I have buttermilk but no butter? Okay, Why in the look, hell would I have buttermilk? The reason this is even in my brain is because we actually have buttermilk and it's going to go bad and I don't quite know what to do with it. And yet we're running low on butter. And I was like, hmm, you know what I could do? Churn some butter. Become an absolute 100% <laughs> insane person. Okay, got it. I'm already there. <laughs> Uh, you can find uh, those cool rantings and more <laughs> over on social media. Actually, you can't. So uh, <laughs> social media is a perfect place for you then. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest. You can send feedback on the show to Taryn at earsup-podcast.com. Any uh, show suggestions goes to Terrence at earsup-podcast.com. You can say hi. Hi. To be- hey. 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 I'm still, I'm still turning. I'm, my brain is still turning on the buttermilk. <laughs> yeah. Well, I hope butter starts just oozing out of your nose. <laughs> now. Oh, that'd be good. Uh, anything else comes to you? You just put a bowl, a piece of bread underneath it. <laughs> just use it as a moisturizer. Uh, Jason, earsupmybodcast.com. Our official travel partner, Concy Ears. Get over to concierge.com and check them out. If you're trying to get to uh, Disney World or do any sort of vacationing in the Disney uh tiny atmosphere that uh, that's going on right now. Uh, concierge is the best place to uh, let them help you out. You, you, even if you know where you're going, 
right? And if you want to go to Disney World, buy your tickets through concierge. Book your hotels through concierge. Do all that kind of stuff through concierge. You don't actually need to take advantage of all of the the, the, the bonuses that they offer for their services. You, you don't need to do that, but you can if you want to, like uh, planning your trip and where to stay and, and getting advice and how to hit the parks and how to tackle the parks if you've never been, because now is a is a you know a slow time for everybody if you guys want to go. But um, if you're just trying to get their support concierge, they're, uh, they've been great to us. They're good people. And I look forward to using them whenever we go uh, to Disney World. I don't know when that's going to be. So uh, mm-hmm. anyway, check them out, concierge.com. Uh, they're great people. You can they su- are great people. You can support our show going over to Etsy.com slash shop slash ears. I just put up a, a, two masks, or maybe just one mask. I forget. But we have masks now. So those are up there along with our T-shirts and everything. I don't know if they're any good because they're just the print-on fabric. I, I don't know. I don't, I don't swear by them. I'm not trying to say that they're going to stop you from uh, getting COVID or handing COVID out. But you're going to look cool. So there's that. Uh, but the best way, of course, is going to patreon.com slash ears up. That is the way that you can uh, help support the show, to be honest with you. Just as uh, two bucks a month, which I think is, I figured out, like a quarter a show. Maybe it's like 33 cents. I can't remember. But we do a lot of shows over here. Um, then, of course, at the $5 level, you get access to the secret show, which we are recording later tonight. That link, for once, not for once, but for <laughs> once in a long time, is in Patreon right now. So that's fun for everybody. There's now a calendar. It's going to be going up, I think it's weekly. I don't know. Anyway, uh, <laughs> to tell you what's going up on the uh, that next week. So we're, you know, we're starting to streamline stuff here a little bit, as long as Maddie uh, doesn't quit. Because <laughs> if she quits, it's just going to go back to being a terrible mess. Patreon, the, the, the you know, posts are just going to be a tumbleweed rolling through, because I, I forget to do it all the time. Um, also, other exciting news. If you guys use the Google News app, we are now... Um, uh, a, 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 well, we're in, I don't know, we're being approved or something like that, but we are, we are being approved to be a content creator, to be a publisher in the Google News app. So you go to uh, the following section of the Google News app and search Ears Up. And, uh, you know, I'm trying to write Eric and I, Eric from uh, Supreme Resort and also Concierge, uh, he and I are trying to tackle just writing, you know, a couple Disney news stories a week. Trying to I like do that. It. Yeah. So um, that's over there. So if you use Google News app, you know, check us out for the following section and, um, you know, we'll, uh, Yamo be there. You know what I'm trying to say? <clears throat> All right. Okay. Uh, new update. Well, we have updates. I guess they're new because they're updates. Uh, the new, there's a new Bantha Milk podcast. So now that uh, The Mandalorian is out again and uh, streaming and doing all that kind of stuff, they're releasing episodes, I think, once a week. So are the Bantha Milk boys. They're watching uh, once a week. They're watching the, the newest episode of The Mandalorian. They're back to their Mandalorian ways right now, so you can check those out. I think their shows are released like, on that Friday. So I think there's going to be one tomorrow. Oh, or maybe cool. even Saturday, I forget. Maybe they're recording tomorrow. I can't remember. But anyway, soon there's going to be another new one. So if you want to get up into uh, all up in the, the the Mandalorian business, it's a good time to jump into Bantha Milk podcast. Taryn and I just watched the first episode of the new Mandalorian, the season two, with Timothy Oliphant, and I was like, oh, oh. man, it was just like watching like mm-hmm. I don't know a nice person that you're f- very familiar with. I think everybody oh, cool. in the world has a crush on him. Man, woman, him. child, like everyone. He's, he's great. just wonderful. Yeah, he's uh, he's really good. And so I remember watching him like, he has Boba Fett's armor on, I think. I don't understand why. And I was very confused. And then I kept thinking, I have to go back and listen to the Bantha Milk podcast to figure out what, if I'm like remembering properly. 
I haven't done it yet, but... I was going to say, well, what was the answer? I'm very busy. <laughs> I'm planning on doing it tomorrow while I'm editing this show. All right. I got a lot of stuff to do, man. I'm a very busy boy. You know what I'm trying to say? Uh, don't forget uh, our newest show, Scraping the Vault. You can uh, subscribe to that everywhere. It's where uh, everybody goes through the, uh, what are they, the direct-to-video Disney releases and uh, does uh, some commentary, and it's very funny. It's Audrey, and it's Jimmy, and it's Dan uh, from the Supreme Resort. No, Eric. I guess Eric isn't funny enough. I don't know. I'll let, I'll let you guys spread the rumor <laughs> on that one. I don't know what's going on. But anyway, don't forget to like and rate them and subscribe and do all that kind of stuff with all of our shows. All right, Terrence, what do you say, man? All right, let's do this. Tell me about Disney's America, where uh, the smokes are plenty and the scotch is full. (laughs) Disney's America. All right. Get ready. (laughs) I'm trying to. I'm sorry. Uh, Walt Walt Disney's fascination with and love for his country is found has found its way into many of his films and projects, and it was his, in his own words. It was in the very dedication of Disneyland. Disneyland is dedicated to the ideals, the dreams, and the hard facts that have created America. From Main Street to Frontierland, Walt's love for his country is found throughout the park. Americana was a key component of the park, and Walt's idea for an expansion in 1956 included Liberty Street. I think you talked about this before, Jason. So Liberty Street, it would have been a recreation of colonial Boston in 1775. But due to the limited technology at the time and the expense of the 1959 Tomorrowland expansion, this never came to fruition. In 1963, the Disney Company began development of the second U.S. theme park that would be located in St. Louis at the Riverfront Square. This would include many of the elements from Disneyland with a greater emphasis on American history and culture. But unfortunately, Disney would abandon this project after a series of issues with the city and would turn his eyes towards Florida. Now, honestly, the love and the influence of American history and culture is found everywhere. You know, there's great moments with Mr. Lincoln and Disneyland. There's a hall of presence in Florida as well. Now, Michael Eisner, when he stepped into the role of CEO of the Disney company, he almost envisioned himself as the second coming of Walt. This guy had the, um, testicular fortitude if you will <laughs> audacity is yes the audacity is, i guess so so he was the only ceo who was kind of out there and in the front once he took over he was the only person besides walt uh, to that point to host the wonderful world of disney you know, wow. michael eisner is quoted as saying there's no project during my first decade at disney about which i felt more passionate than disney's america <laughs> And there was no other project that ran up against fiercer resistance. Hmm. In the summer of 1991, um, Disney's newest theme park, Euro Disneyland, was being built in France, but it was behind schedule and it was over budget. Frustrated with the construction process, Michael Eisner spoke to Disney president Frank Wells about the potential for a smaller Disney theme park that did not have to be another Disneyland replica. This park would have to be located somewhere that would not have the same regulations and issues that they're having, they're running into in Europe. So Dick Nunez, the head of Disney Parks, Eisner, and Frank Wells traveled to Colonial Williamsburg. That's exactly where you would think to go to look for a place <laughs> for a theme park is Colonial Williamsburg. Right. <laughs> this seemed to be the perfect location for a Disney park. It was centered around, it'll be centered around American history and this could be a great. This is why I hate Michael Eisner. Let me just stop. <laughs> I was going to say this is so up his alley. Like this is just so in his. 
is like, so laid. up his everything. So the problem with <laughs> Eisner is that he's always trying to find a way to shoehorn a Disney movie into a park. If you guys remember, the reason why Splash Mountain is slash was called Splash Mountain is because he wanted it to be about the movie Splash. He wanted it to be a way for him to market it because he has a movie oh, background. Yeah. That makes sense. But still, he's thinking that Colonial Williamsburg is a perfect place to do this park around American history and they can showcase slash shoehorn their upcoming Disney film Pocahontas. Can you imagine the, I mean, we all know about the PR backlash that Splash Mountains finally get. Imagine what Disney's America would be getting right now. Bro, you With like the 1619 project and like all that kind of nice stuff. It's like, wow, you would just literally be deleted. Okay, straight up canceled, bro. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and kind of honestly, rightly so. I mean, it, there's like, there's there's something to be said for, for you know, maybe being overly honest, I guess, in, in yeah. In history, and, and, and that, that is a thing that I'm glad I don't have to worry about, is like, how do you go about teaching children about history? But to sugarcoat stuff is never the right, it's never the right answer, man. We're going to get into what their ideas were, and there's, there's a lot. Get ready to cringe. Just get your cringe muscles ready. <laughs> the, like, even the, typing it out, I was like, ooh, that's a bad idea. I would expect nothing less. The, the Indians <laughs> uh, first taught the pilgrims how to deep fry turkeys. <laughs> and that's how we survived the first winter. Everyone deep fried oh, a turkey. Um, yeah. But unfortunately, one of them uh, put it in frozen and then exploded. <laughs> so we lost that winter. We lost a lot of people. Due to that. Due to that. that. It wasn't that's hunger or, 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 or disease. No. No, it was no. literally the exploding frozen turkey. The blankets were clean. Don't worry about that. It was just the frozen, the frozen turkey. Oh my That's gosh, right. Lord! <laughs> anyway, so the the idea to build here and have a park around America American history was great. But Frank Wells quickly pointed out that this location was not great due to the fact that the area did not have the tourists necessary to justify the investment. Also, it was three hours away from Washington D.C., which would have been a better location. So now Disney is in the middle of a crisis in Europe still. Their building of the park was treated more as an invasion than anything else. You know, Eisner and Wells were pelted with eggs and cabbage when they announced the park. So this next park. Wait, wait. Yes, really? Yes. At the press conference for it, it was outside and they were pelted. People brought cabbage and eggs. And I say there brought, has to be a video of that. Somewhere. Where was oh, there this? Is. There is. It was in Paris. In, okay, is. I was going to say, this wasn't America. This had to no, be no, no, Europe no, no. where they're used to just, like, they're just this, throwing it up in the air like a pitcher, like, waiting to go on the mound. <laughs> like, say something wrong, my friend. I swear to God, say something wrong. So this was a press conference for Euro Disney, and this is where it happened. And if you watch, if you have Disney Plus and you watch, I believe it's um, the Midas Touch. I think it's number three in the Imagineering story. You can see it. You can see Eisner bobbing and weaving trying oh my to gosh. miss the eggs dude it's it's amazing because i hate the man i'm like get him like I, every time i watch it i hope that someone gets him like, anyway yeah <laughs> go on. I'm sorry no go on i was so, just gonna so, say i think eggs would hurt i think that that's actually very mean i think it's rude yeah that's rude <laughs> as hell dude but i don't you like him either so. hard-boiled <laughs> uh, <so>. hard-boiled and <laughs> frozen oh, <geez>. <laughs> <laughs> so seeing what's going on in Europe, they know that if they build this park in Amer- another park in America, it has to go off without a hitch. 
So Michael Eisner asked Bob Weiss, he's now the president of WDI, to lead the creative development of the park. Eisner ordered Peter Rumnell, who was the head of design and development, to scout for locations. And he landed on a little area in Prince William County, Virginia. Now, this area had 3,000 acres that were available, and it was a mere 35 miles west of Washington, D.C. This was well within driving distance for the million-plus yearly yearly domestic tourists to our country's capital. 700 of the acres were available for sale, and the other 2,300 acres were owned by Exxon. Exxon had purchased the property during the real estate boom and had done nothing with it. So Disney entered into an agreement to purchase the remainder of the land within the next five years with usage privileges starting immediately. With 13 million plus domestic terrorists to watch the yearly, Eisner envisioned at least 30,000 guests per day during peak season to this park. But because of the location, the park would need to be closed two to three months out of the year due to winter. Yes, Beverly. Did you just say domestic terrorists? Domestic. Oh, I'm sorry. Domestic tourist. <laughs> Thank you. I forgot what year it was. Terrence, wow. Terrence got his his Bay Area accent. <laughs> Man, we're getting ready. Re- we're getting ready for all these tourists coming in here. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah, we're gonna go across the I bridge and w- tourists. I wonder why this park didn't work. <laughs> Keeps blowing up. Yeah, I was what? like, wow, that's a big. It's a lot of it's a lot of terrorists. That's not right. Yeah. Right. Come get converted at Disney's America. <laughs> oh my god! Sorry. <laughs> oh lord! Welcome. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. Thirteen million plus domestic tourists, people who tour. All right. <laughs> so that would be thirty thousand people per day to the park during peak season. The park would, though, need to be closed for two to three months out of the year due to the winter. It would be snowing like crazy. I feel like, especially back then, that's a big ask. It's a huge ask. 30,000 people a day? That's a huge ask. But they were thinking that if you if you have this park as close enough to where people are already going, just, just another thing to draw them. You know, people are going to D.C. because they want to be a tourist for a day. So they're going to go there as well. Um, so this yeah. is still be five to six million guests per year. Uh, this would also add up to about $48 million to uh, Virginia's economy. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. I'm, my kid, I, I've spent a long day, man. Yeah. Let's start over. Let's start over. It doesn't show. $48 million to Virginia's economy through the creation of 19,000 plus jobs. Uh, also, Anheuser-Busch was slated to become an investor and things were looking great. So the park was supported by the outgoing governor, L. Douglas Wilder, and it was also supported by the incoming governor, who was George Allen. Wilder was quoted as saying, I'm pleased that Disney has come to us. And Allen promised to kick down any hurdles that may get in the way. This would include Allen suggesting that Virginia spent $163 million to uh, improve roads, improve utilities, etc. Now, the, yeah. the, I know. Due to the nature of the park, the park would be a one-day experience, and the goal was to make history real, but also fun. And that makes sense. But what I'm going to do now is I'm yeah. going to read what Bob Weiss said about the park. Uh, this section is titled, Open Mouth, Insert Foot. <laughs> okay. This oh, is Bob Weiss in November 1993. This is the Grateful Dead guy? Yes, it is. Okay. It is. I think we actually saw him play at the Dave Matthews we Council. Did. Yes. Uh, 
so this is not a Pollyanna view of America. <laughs> Sorry, this is just inc- I can't. I, this guy's a moron. I can't believe you said this. This is not a Pollyanna view of America. We want to make you feel like a Civil War soldier. We want to make you feel what it was like to be a slave, or what it was like to escape through the Underground Railroad. Uh, Let's let that set in for a minute there. That sounds good to me. What? I don't understand. <laughs> yeah, that is. Um, Even for the eighties, that's really not like a- that. That's just a man whose brain has been removed from his head and soaked in a bunch of shredded pages of the of like uh, seven habits of highly successful people for two. It's actually been replaced with his foot. <laughs> it's like this is like exactly. he's thinking about like entertainment. We wow. want you to live this experience and. Meanwhile, when is it, 80s, you said? No, 93. 93. People were still saying, hey, this traumatized my family for generations. <laughs> but Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. Wow. I can't. I, don't, I really don't <sighs> understand how anyone could think it's wise for you to say, we want you to feel what it was like to be a slave or to escape for your life and your freedom in the Underground Railroad. Well, and I Bob wonder... Lies- I wonder what that concept would look like. How do you feel as if you were a slave without obviously (laughs) beating your guests? Like, you know what I mean? Like, you can't. What? What is? Will you go into like the maybe like recreated slave quarters? Maybe and like this is and like just show that. But that's not. That's not enough. That's a walkthrough. Exactly. You're not feeling like what it was like to be a slave. No, you're. I don't. You're seeing what. I've 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 done that. I've gone to through slave quarters on like plantation tours in New Orleans. Like, it's not the same. You don't feel like a slave. You feel like a tourist. A right. Tourist. Yeah. A tur- tourist. A tourist. Also, the last confirmed slave was named Eliza Moore, and she died in 1948. <laughs> meaning, her family was definitely alive. Yep. It probably still is, but like, Jeez. that's not enough time. It's too soon. Yeah, you're not going back many generations at, in 1993 until you're getting back to slavery. Now That's is terrible. too soon. Any time is too soon. Every Terran, it will always be too soon. Yes. Even when it's late, like, it's too soon. Wow, oh, gosh. that I mean, is shocking. Considering it's, you know, maybe not in America in, in that way. Although people, you know, make uh, the 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 argument of like there's there's a sort of slavery in prisons. We have prison labor, whatever kind of stuff, right? Mm-hmm. But there's still slavery in the world. Like it's it, oh yeah, it still happens. It's yeah. still currently ongoing. So to 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 suggest that this is now a, t- a tourist attraction is. Highly inappropriate. I yes. hope this person lost his job. I really Bob do. Weiss. No, Bob. This is Bob Weiss. Bob Weiss is the head of Imagineering. He has not lost his job. He He's is still, currently wait, still currently the head of Imagineering. You know what we need to do? We need to just uh, more ironically than anything, uh, change dot org petition and just oh. whip yeah. whip the cancel yeah. culture back up into a frenzy. We need to cancel culture him for yes. sure remember these comments you made 30 years ago sir yes. sir exactly wow yeah if you can pull out somebody's tweets from 10 years ago and they yeah. get them fired this man went on record yeah mm-hmm. Oof. i agree all, all right, right so anyway, the sorry go the imagination it's all good the, i'm glad you guys agree with me we would have got a lot of like, no this sounds great um <laughs> well you haven't told me the concept yet if you tell me what they're going to be doing then i might change my mind 
I mean, that that concept got killed immediately. Imagine if they did that, but combined it with like what they're doing now with the Star Wars. (laughs) Oh my! (laughs) It's like a full two day immersive. Like then I might be on board. Oh my god! (laughs) No, (laughs) all all the no. So many jokes, none of which I should say. (laughs) I I literally want to vomit right now. Like I will be canceled. Stop it. I will get canceled by my own people. <laughs> All right. So the imaginary, the imaginary t- team was hard at work creating what oh. would become Disney's America. And by late 1993, they had a concept. The area would consist of nine lands referred to as territories. Uh, I'm like crossroads- scared to hear what they're referred to. <laughs> like, I'm like, I'm very nervous now. I'm like sweating. Crossroads USA was a pre-Civil War era village that would have served as the hub of the park. Guests would enter under an 1840s train trestle, which would have featured a unique uh, steam train that circles the park. Okay, friendly so far. Native America. Yep. Oh, Native America. So far, so good, right? Yep, yep, love it. So far, so good. Uh, Native America from 1600 to 1810 is a recreation of a Native American village that would have reflected the tribes that were known in that part of the country. Guests would have also enjoyed interactive experiences, exhibits. Like smallpox? (laughs) <laughs> like small uh, interactive experiences, exhibits, and arts and crafts, as well as whitewater a whitewater raft river a whitewater river raft ride that would have traveled throughout the area and it would be based on a Lewis and Clark expedition. Okay, can I can I just point out the the fact that it's it's talking about the Native American tribes in the past tense, yeah, and they think this right. is a good thing. Okay, I just I just wanted to clarify that. Well, See what we did. Let's That's reflect. A good point. Let's reflect on our work. Like it's it's tone deaf in so many different levels. And the, <laughs> I don't know, just even like the idea of like this historical stuff and then a ride just doesn't. <laughs> it's not computing. It's for like me. something from The Simpsons. It really <laughs> yes. is like that yes. sort of really like is. the yes. irony burn is just is <laughs> is you know. Oh. This is ridiculous, man. Right. There would be President Square, which would be set from 1715 to 1800. It would be a celebration of the birth of democracy and those who, that fought to preserve it. Um, and they would replicate the Hall of Presidents in this area. Go ahead. Democracy was born in Greece pre-BC, oh. okay? So the birth of democracy, no, 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 no. The <laughs> taking of democracy. Actually, democracy was a gift from my people to us. Well, to everybody, they okay? also they also oh, it wasn't the birth of nothing. It was already here. Well, they also took <laughs> Thank you. they also took the land of the Native Americans yeah, and the lives of the slaves. So. Yeah, but that's that's <laughs> um yeah, whatever. Who cares? <laughs> Talk about democracy. Uh, there, uh, there would be the Civil War Fort be, uh, set from 1815 to 1870. It was a Civil War Fort that would have plunged guests into a more turbulent time of American history with an adjacent replica battlefield where Civil, civil War enactments, reenactments would have been staged and an adjacent man-made Freedom Bay where the Monitor and the Merrimack would have had a nighttime show. There's Enterprise, 1870 to 1930. It's a mock factory town. It would have highlighted American ingenuity where guests could have ridden a major attraction called the Industrial Revolution, traveling on a roller coaster ride through a 19th century landscape with heavy industry and blast furnaces. Yeah, watch children get black lung from working in the, in the, in the plants, man. Like, what is this? I really like the child labor section of that ride. It was really immersive. Can you understand yet why this place was not built? But there's more. I can't wait till they get to the railroad. I know. Like the building of the railroad. Yeah, Jesus. right. Uh, this is ridiculous, man. 
There's We the People from 1870 to 1930. It would have been a replica of Ellis Island. There would be a family farm, a recreation of a farm okay. where guests could see different types of food produ- uh, production and have hands-on experiences. Okay. State Fair, an area based on the Midwest with a live show about baseball and Coney Island-themed rides. And it would have a 60-foot-tall Ferris wheel and a wooden roller coaster. And okay. last, the I last, like that. That sounds familiar. Yeah, yeah. We'll get to that as well. That sounds fun, but uh, who cares about a show about baseball? I, it's... I'm telling you, they, like base- it was America's pastime. I know, I understand, but like baseball's boring to watch. Baseball is one of those sports that's only fun if you're playing it, and even then, it's boring because you're not actually engaging it. You can be out in left field literally, and nothing will happen <laughs> for four hours. Like, okay, that's right fine. Field. I always preferred whatever. I was that's always my, left field because that's, that's where they that's where they put everybody who sucked. It was left field. <laughs> just play deep, Jason. It's fine. Just play. Actually, just go get me a hot dog. You'll be all right. Don't worry about it. Oh, you missed your batting order. It's fine. We got to run. It's all right. But like, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. I don't know. Something more. Imagine sitting there watching somebody else talk about playing a game that you can't play because you're sitting in this theater watching it. I just, it just makes you. no sense. It was it was not. This was not a home run. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> the last area would be victory filled. Guests would have experienced what America's soldiers faced in the defense of freedom during the World Wars. It will have been themed to resemble an airfield with a series of hangars containing attractions based on America's military might using virtual reality technology. The airfield would have served as an exhibit of airplanes from different periods, as well as major flying exhibitions. Concepts for what would have been the world's first. This is actually super amazing. Yeah. There are concepts of what would have been the world's first dueling inverted roller coasters, which would have been named Dogfighter. Uh, ultimately, they were abandoned due to the projected cost of the attraction. The ride would have had guests flying through the air in German and American biplane-themed uh, ride, uh, vehicles. It would have featured several near misses. Both tracks would have featured inversions. The American track featuring a Cobra roll, a vertical loop, a zero-G roll, and two corkscrews, with the German track featured the same elements with the extra corkscrew leading until the final brake run. At one point, the German uh, vehicle would have come close to hitting both the floor and the walls of a trench and a tank as it looped over the tank that it crashed into a trench. Zero-G. Man, that's not me. I'm 100-G right now. I'm 100%. G. <laughs> Oh You're zero gosh. G. You, you want that me to get on a ride cool. called yeah, zero G? Cool. No, never. never it sounds. Either. It that sounds it really sounds neat. Awesome. And for virtual reality, awesome. I think it would have sucked back then in '93. But right now, it would have mm-hmm. been cool. And sort of reminds me of uh, of of the Hardcore History podcast. Dan Carlin. He's done. Uh, mm-hmm. He worked on a a VR of a uh, thing of like. Uh, being in, like, literally in the trenches of World War One, I, I think it was. That sounds so okay. scary. It really does because it's like, I mean, if you've ever listened to Hardcore History, and if if you like history, and y- y- please listen to it, it's amazing. Uh, a lot of them are are paid, but it's worth it. It's like a three hour audio book. Uh, anyway, and um, it's like you get the dirty, gritty truth of how that was. It's not why it's not polished up. Um, it's it's spooky um i don't know why i said that it's all good so i feel like giuliani day it's spooky <laughs> well, you're not you're not dripping here um so there was a very strong very i mean very strong public opposition to the part so it, because the problem is what? that like i i understand why the idea got off the floor from the conference room because on paper 
It's a park about America history. That's great. That yeah. sounds so much fun. Everybody's going to love it. It's going to be educational. You'll get a lot of field trips, blah, blah, blah. The problem is that America's history is actually not good at all. <laughs> well, there's there's definitely a lot. The, the, the good comes on the back of a lot of bad. And yep. we have a tendency in, in, in school to, to sort of whitewash it. And, and, I, and, and that's sort of what I was getting at. I, I understand that to a certain extent because you're not going to teach a six-year-old about the horrors of slavery, right? Like you can't really do that because this kid's six years old. And that you do sort of get into more of like how it really was in middle school and high school, but – But not really how But it not was. really. And then – but then on the other side, you go, well, is there a reason? Do we need – I mean, you know, how long do we spend on this topic? Because – I don't know. It's a whole. I I I don't. You know, it's not my job, right, to like dictate uh, educational policy. It would be, be we'd all just be watching uh, The Simpsons in high school. True. Um, but yeah, I mean, it, it sounds cool, and and I think that's sort of it is a knock on against like the whole blue sky phase because when you get in these creative sort of meetings and you you're like sort of vibing on everyone's creativity, you just sort of go with ideas and if you get the green light you're just going and you're going and you're going and i don't think you stop to really go like how does this how is this gonna like <laughs> resonate with people yeah. who are potentially impacted by this because that's the other side of american histories there's a lot of people on on every side that are just as impacted as everybody else and and how do you not offend everyone <laughs> but yeah. still tell the truth or maybe you have to offend people as long as it's what happened yeah, i don't know it's I'd... so it sounds like that's what happened with this project yeah, it's yeah. it's so sort of part of the thing. Out. But sort of part of the thing wasn't just offending the public. The other part was that their location, although it was available, they didn't think it all the way through. So this location was very close to the Battle of Manassas, um, and historians were afraid that Disney would try to water down what truly happened there. Uh, second. You have to remember that at this time, this is before DCA. This is before Disneyland Resort is a resort. And Anaheim is super seedy. And so they're building this thing and people are really upset. This is actually what one resident said. It said that there, we fear that it's going to be soon followed by gas station, motels, and God help us, fast food strips. So what they thought is that it was going to become this suburban seedy area. And they didn't want that. And so Disney is now facing off against history buffs. <laughs> and the public, and they want to ensure the sanctity of the area. Now, this is how what Michael Eisner said in response. Oh, good. So, yeah, I know. This is going to be great, too. Disney's America will not only, uh, not only will not replace historic sites, but rather will add to their luster by enthusing our guests about events that occurred there and the people who took part in them. We are confident our project will actually encourage more people to visit historic areas. And we believe that our presentation of the American heritage can make a significant national uh, contribution to the important cause of historic <laughs> preservation. We plan to use all the tools available to us, filmmaking, animation, environments, music, interactive media, live interpretation to bring the American experience to life. We are working with historians and other experts to make Disney's America an engaging and genuine encounter with America's past. Together, we have identified some of the common themes that run through the American experience, our persistent resistance and justice. Let me stop again. We want to make you feel like it, what it's like to be a slave. Our persistent resistance <laughs> to injustice, our quest for tolerance and inclusion, our history of rising to challenges, our faith in the promise of the future, and our belief that ordinary people can accomplish extraordinary things. We believe that every person, particularly the children, 
who can touch history and sense the emotions of a time or event will be impelled to learn more. This is a vision and the purpose of Disney's America. So, nah, dude, we're good. And so Michael Eisner was actually super surprised that people hated it, that people were so mad. There are people going into interviews and saying, and this is what he said in response to the historians. He said, I sat through many history classes where I read some of their stuff and I didn't learn anything. It was pretty boring. I guess I could say that I object to some of their stuff as well. Got him. Whoa. <laughs> My man's came out and deleted all the ops. Her body. Her wow. body. So, so the problem wow. was is that they were, th- they were thinking maybe if we get these history buffs on our side, we'll get them to see that we're going to do something great. And so he actually took a bunch of people who were opposed to it. He took them to Epcot and he showed them the World Showcase. He showed them the Hall of Presidents. That's not- thinking thinking that this is going to change their mind <laughs> and they're like nope we still don't want you to do that so yeah. so now now they're they're dealing with the fact that they've pushed the historians the history buffs the people in this area further away people are afraid you're going to make the area seedy and then they started looking at it's it 100 percent, it would have it right. absolutely would have and then they then they 100%. started then they started looking more at the actual costs and the construction and the, the fact that Euro Disney is way over budget. What does that mean for this area? And they also realized that they would actually have to be closed four months out of the year because of the way the weather patterns were going. And that would decrease their potential revenue by 20%. So in mid-September 1994, a crowd of 3,000 protesters, including Ralph Nader, staged a march... <laughs> In Washington, D.C. to what? oppose the park. Yeah. Good this, gravy. So, with all of this going on, with all of this going on, and honestly, and this is a funny thing, there are many people <laughs> that had signs, and their signs said, Disney is trying to make us feel like slaves. Ooh. You know what? That I want to, uh, my quest, my drive for new Disney merch. <laughs> Oh God, no! No, Jason, stop no. it! Just re- no. to recreate, no. you know, like the "We Want Beer" signs from Prohibition, like that. But <laughs> no, wow! But you know Oof. what's what's interesting? One thing that I thought Oof. about when you were talking about, or when you were reading Eisner's explanation of why this should happen, mm-hmm. um, is it sounded exactly like his explanation of why the original DCA should happen. Yep. And how you just visit all of California here, but then you get so excited about it that you go and see the real Golden Gate Bridge. No, you don't. Because why? If you wanted to see the Golden Gate Bridge, you go to the freaking Golden Gate Bridge. Right. Yeah. It's right there. It's accessible. Right. And you don't got to pay. You can just look at it. Yeah. I don't know. He's such an idiot. He is an idiot. And like with the DCA thing, he wanted DCA to be like a postcard of California. And so yeah. you come here and you get well, that. But this is a thing you can't get a postcard. Remember like the California, like the, yeah. Cali- mm-hmm. the, the big. The letters that's at that's yeah. out. That's out on the um, Sacramento Sacramento fairgrounds. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, yeah, awesome. it's, at, it's at the state uh, state fairgrounds. The, the, the California so, that was outside of DCA. That's awesome. Yeah. This this guess, might just be like. A stretch. This might just be me, but I also feel like for this particular park, like Virginia is a really bad choice. <laughs> yeah. 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 Why do you say that? <laughs> you know, connect those dots. 
I don't well, know, I don't know anything about Virginia other than uh, someone's name. <laughs> it's for lovers. Is that Virginia? Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 <laughs> oh, okay, whatever. It's only for because, lovers. Actually, don't I mean, ever because... go in there if you're not going to be a lover. If you're not a lover, don't. Yeah. Yeah. It was the first <laughs> dating app, actually. It was just Virginia. <laughs> yeah. Oh, goodness. So um, in September of 1994, Peter Rummel, once again, design uh, president of Disney Design and Development, said, despite our confidence that we would eventually win the necessary approvals, it's become clear that we could not say when the park was able to open or even when we could break ground. And so on September 28, 1994, Disney officially announced that they would not build Disney's America theme park on the proposed site in Manassas. Uh, so they were looking for different areas, and they, they just couldn't find any area that really was good. Also, by this point, there were $900 million in the red from Euro Disneyland Paris, you know, formerly Euro Disney. Um, these financial troubles also led to the abandonment of other theme park projects in the 90s, including Westcott and Port Disney. So mm-hmm. Disney put the 600 acres they purchased, um, they acquired it um, up for sale in 1995. They relinquished their option to purchase the remainder of it as well. And the land slated for the proposed theme park instead was, was used to build 10,000 single and multifamily um, homes. Now, other, wow. the other option <laughs> that they looked into very shortly thereafter was doing Disney Disney's America in another theme park that that we know of called Knott's Berry Farm. Knott's Berry Farm was put up for sale in 1994 by the by the Knott's family, and Disney at Eisner actually looked into purchasing it, and the Knott's family decided to sell literally to anyone other than disney (laughs) that is what they said we will sell to anyone other so disney's america go ahead i'm sorry i was just saying like that would be a smart that's like right there well Mm -hmm. yeah so so this is the end of disney's america it would never come to fruition but the positive thing from the whole planning stage uh, from everything, all the blue sky, all of this is that some of the ideas for a Disney America did show up in DCA. So the bount- the bountiful farm that was in DCA was inspired by the family farm they were going to put in Disney's America. The Lewis and Clark ride became Grizzly River Run. Oh. So the initial planning for that ride was for it to go into Disney's America. The wooden coaster became California Screaming. The Ferris wheel was Mickey's Wheel of Death. <laughs> and the air show, the entire air show area is now known as Condor Flats. Hmm. And that is Disney's America. Oh, jeez. Dude. I think this might be our best episode this year. That was that was really interesting. Yeah. I didn't know any of that. <laughs> that is, and it was all Later. shocking. <sighs> Good <weird>. job. <laughs> Upsetting, even. Yeah, yeah. It's a little, it's a lot weird, man. There's a lot weird about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's one of those things like literally there were just someone would just have to cancel the entire park at this point. I don't know what you could keep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh no, with with the way again with where it would have been located and then with the climate, the current climate and the climate of the last year, it would have been burned to the ground. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> 100%, dude. Come on. Yeah. That's crazy stuff, man. Jeez. Yeah. 
I'm sorry. Wow. G- zero G? No, man. Give me a coaster full of all the Gs. You need to stop it. 100 Gs, man. <laughs> My man. Uh, it, it's a zero G coaster, and it's just for the ladies. No guys. Zero ah. guy. Uh, I'm here for zero guy night. Can you just... I'm going to need you to start the news. Oh, Oh, are you? Well, I have things yeah. to say about that, and they go okay, as follows. Present and future with all the news that's fit to cover. It's the years of Disney news. It's like really low, but you know, it's got the blues. Uh, on Monday, Josh D. Diamaro, which is who's the like chairman of a bunch of stuff, he gave a talk in front of. Um, the IAAPA Expo, virtually, virtual conference. The IAP is like the uh, International Association of Amusement Parks and whatever, right? And uh, because it was virtual, he got to do like a pre-recorded you know, thing where he's like showing off different parts of the park and you know, basically uh, rubbing everybody's nose in the fact that we can't go to Disneyland right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he did offer some updates to Disney Parks. Um, which I think we should talk about right now. Speaking from inside the closed Disneyland Park, the Disney Parks chairman discussed various topics, including upcoming construction progress, the current tourism industry, and how Disney Parks are continuing to adapt. Uh, Our industry is hurting, he said. It's hurting from the presence of COVID-19 in our communities. But unlike some industries impacted by the pandemic, our industry is here to stay, and it's here to grow. And I wrote, actually wrote about this for uh, for one of those news articles, and it's like it's he most of his speech seemed like, and I I didn't you know uh, see it because I'm not a, like a paying person. I I don't I don't have access to the thing, right? But it's just all that corporate speak about we're strong, we'll get through this, we're resilient. <laughs> so boring. What a boring keynote speech. Um, but he does say. Um, Where'd it go? See, I should have just pulled up my article. This is way better. Yeah, see, I'm going to pull up my article. (laughs) Uh, That's what you should just do from now on for Disney News. Just read your articles. Yeah, I should, but it doesn't do me anything. Because I actually, like, mentioned stuff. This article is basically just, it happened, guys. (laughs) This talk happened, and who cares? Who cares? I want to know what he talked about. Let's go. Give me the thing. That's like news these days, though. That's like how it is. It's like sometimes I'll click on an article and it'll literally be two sentences. And I'm like, why? I mean, I know for clicks and whatever. And I did it. And then it makes me mad. (laughs) Uh, Here's my news article, Taryn. Um, Tomorrow's presentation was pre-recorded and featured points of view from various locations across the park, like Main Street and even front of a wall of stormtroopers from Rise of the Resistance. Seems a bit excessive, but Disney does like to tug on your nostalgia strings, even if you can't do anything about it. And I just found a spelling error, and I'm fighting every fiber of my being to not hit the edit post and fix it right now, because it would just be very boring to listen to. Yeah, don't do it. Uh, in a speech, tomorrow hit all the talking points that a chairman of a major sector of a powerhouse company like Disney should hit during challenging times. We are strong. We are resilient. We'll get through this. Um Whatever. Um, But one of the more notable comments was Disney will be advancing the timeline of their splash. There's another spelling error. Damn it. Uh, We'll be advancing the timeline (laughs) of their Splash Mountain uh, rethemed Princess and the Frog sooner than was originally planned. Even like two weeks ago, I know they hadn't started construction yet, but they're uh, going to do that now because what else are they going to do? The park is closed. 
for at least another six months to probably eight yeah. months. Yeah, for sure. They're just going to really do it right now. Do you really think it's going to be that long? Yes. We're, yeah, we all got slapped back into purple tier. Well, yeah, but there's going to be a vaccine at some point, and it's going to like help. Want it? Yeah, it just depends on when it gets released and who gets it first, and when the second wave of the vaccine hits. It's, it's I think it's way more complicated than than uh, than that. But uh, wow. Anyway, um, the more cryptic message and one that probably worries uh, more people than calms is what we this. Excuse me, is that we can expect more transformations like Princess and the Frog to come from Disney parks? That's what he said. We can expect more transitions like this in the future. And this retheme is a major transition. You're gutting a ride and sticking all new animatronics into it. It's no easy task. What rides are potentially on the chopping block at that level that Splash Mountain was? Is that what he was even saying? I don't know. We can expect more transformations like this. In in Disneyland. I don't like that. I don't like it either. So him saying that, it sounds like it's... they're really they're either really PCing stuff or really IP stuff. Like I don't know which one it is. I don't know if they're gonna make transitions because they're trying to get different IPs mm-hmm. in there, or if they're gonna have to make transitions because they're trying to make things politically correct. Because if so, bye bye, pirates. Well, pirates is pretty PC now. I mean what's what's uh, left? Yeah, what's left? The history of pirates. <laughs> just Do you I think mean, they'd go that deep into it? Yes. And the reason mm-hmm. why I say that is because there's nothing un PC about uh, Splash Mountain. There's something PC uh, un PC about Song of the South, right? And so I, uh, people, I'm telling you, man, people are canceling things left and right. I'm sure they're going to start complaining about that as well. So let's say let's say Pirates is gone. Well, I don't know. I don't. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so because if that would have happened, that would have happened. If it would have come to light, it would have come to light by now. I have a really stupid question. What's pirates? No. Like, <laughs> the whole spit. By the way, I made Taryn do a full-on spit take last night. She was drinking water, and uh, she literally <laughs> full-on Jerry Lewis her, dude. It was great. I did. Uh, I don't. I don't even want to say this out loud. But no, like, please do. Pirates are real. Like yeah, don't it's say like it. a historical yeah, don't say it. thing. <laughs> yeah, Bev and I went to a pirate museum in Nassau. Yeah, but it wasn't like like I could go to a mermaid museum. Oh my lord! <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord! I need you to cue up the Terrence Thanks music right now. Uh, um, I, I, I know I don't have it on this machine. <laughs> oh my god! Um, t- so that wouldn't be a museum. That would be. Oh, actually, I do. Oh. I said it was a stupid question. Okay, yeah, well, okay. Pirates are real. They were a real thing. Um, No, you can't go to a a mermaid museum. Like, were they real like they are, like, in the ride? Like, no. Well, no. Well, sort of. Yes. Sort of. Yeah. Yes. What do you mean? No, like in the ride, like they wouldn't, they weren't, they, they weren't happy-go-lucky sitting on a on a bridge drinking rum and hanging out with like kittens. Cause, cause like, they're no. mercenaries. Yeah. Because like even like Jack Sparrow, he's like, he's yes. happy and fun too. No, they weren't like that. They were vicious. They were basically <laughs> gangs on the water and they would, yeah. they would they just kill you. If they saw your boat and you were you from a different no ocean, <laughs> not part of their 
territory, okay. they would attack your boat. Yeah, the pirate flag is one just big gang. Kill sign. all your peeps. Kill all your peeps. The chat's Kill going all crazy. your stuff. I can't even. And look. then make you explode. You and then they would go to their port. They would make the, you the, explode. They would make you explode. Um. But they actually, Tortuga was a real place. It really was a pirate port. Why does Bev know so much about pirates? First of all, them, I've actually like read a lot about them. It's actually find pirates fascinating. So when you yeah. go in, when you go inside of pirates, so when you're in the queue and you go inside of the building and you see all the paintings on the walls, yeah. Besides Jack Sparrow, all of those were real people. Real pirates. Really? Like Blackbeard was a real real pirates. Yeah. Guy. Blackbeard was real. He used to tie um, cannon fuse into his beard. And light it when we would go and like do raid. What's a cannon fuse? The I fuse mean, to I mean, light a cannon. Why would he put it in his beard? Just because it looks weird. Because it's all smoky mm-hmm. and fiery, and he's just mm-hmm. like oh. ima- imagine like being boarded or like you're in a little village and you're getting raided right by this dude with fire in his beard. I mean, this was a time uh, <laughs> when horses weren't around very much. You know what I mean? Like they don't know I'm anything. Sorry. I'm reading okay. the chat right now. <laughs> <laughs> My favorite, I think, is Ripley's Believe It or Not Mermaid. Exhibit. <laughs> <laughs> and also the, the, oh, honey. <laughs> I know mermaids don't exist. That was the point, just yeah. to clarify. Oh. Shut up, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for answering my question. Water. What happened to there are no stupid questions, huh? Uh, I don't. I don't prescribe to that. I'm sorry. God. Well, but but <laughs> you know what we should do, Taryn? We should watch. There is actually a, a documentary on pirates. A pirate documentary that I think is really good. It's a reenactment of something. It's called Goonies. <laughs> called? It's called Goonies. <laughs> <laughs> You guys are all stupid. And this it's is really why good. I don't think pirates really exist because they're, everything is a joke about it. Everything is a joke about Everything's it. Everything's like made up, like the Goonies and like. No, that was, I'm telling you, that happened. That didn't happen. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> there are like real pirate ships that have been discovered, and they find treasure in them. And the thing, pirates are a thing. They're not cool, but they're kind of cool. But they're kind of cool. I mean, they just went and like pillaged and. And raped and murdered and like you know plundered. <laughs> yeah, but some of them, some of them uh-huh. were like gentleman pirates. I forget the guy's name, but like he wouldn't he would just take all your stuff and then like leave your ship. But mm. some would like scuttle the ship and just sink the ship and like they don't yep. care. Mm. Right, make you explode. Yeah, they would make you explode. All right. <laughs> All right, so uh, there you go. That's what's happening. Disneyland <laughs> is uh, giving up uh, updates. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> <clears throat> uh, Disney World increases capacity, and in fact, they have increased capacity. They just didn't tell anybody. Oh, which is pretty funny. Um, Jeremy and I were talking about this on in depth last week, and he was like kind of upset about it. He says, people are are planning vacations around the twenty five percent capacity that Bob Chapek said would never go up for the foreseeable future, and it turns out. It had gone up, and then they didn't tell anybody about it. Mm-hmm. On this week's fourth quarter, uh, fourth quarter earnings call, Disney CEO Bob Paycheck confirmed that the Walt Disney World Resort in Florida, which began its phase reopening on July 11th, has increased capacity at all four of its theme parks to 35%. One of the major stories surrounding this was that Chapek recently stated Disney would not be doing this exact thing that they just did until CDC guidelines significantly changed, yet within one month, of Chapek making that statement, capacity at the Florida theme parks had increased with no announcement. 
So it's very annoying to me. It seems like they should yeah. have to, like in this day and age, like where we're at right now in life, they should have to be transparent about that. They really should Extreme. because cases are rising throughout the nation. We are back to the levels that we were in May in this country. Yeah. Like the, I was telling Bev before the show, the Bay Area increased 38% in like a month. It's, it's talking about exploding. Yeah. Numbers are exploding. Exploded. Um, I mean, you know, everywhere it's going up. So whatever, dude. Uh, Florida, Florida Department of Health has recorded a high number of new cases day after day. So whatever. Take that as you wish. But uh, Disney World, not, uh, not playing ball so much. You know what I mean? It's well, kind of rude. They're obviously not doing anything illegal. So No, but, but you know, it sort of like erodes the consumer confidence, I think, to say we're, we're going to keep everything slow, 25%. We're not going to do that, and then they do it, and then tell you after the fact. I think that's that's highly highly inappropriate. There, so there has been zero news about any outbreaks being caused from Disney World. Sure, but and, and I'm not I'm not arguing anything. Uh-huh. I'm just I, my my thought there is like it's Disney. Who are they paying? <laughs> To stay out of the news because I, mm-hmm. it's it's very hard to imagine that there are so many outbreaks in restaurants and caused by restaurants and weddings and all these smaller things. And then you have four giant theme parks yeah. and there's nothing. Well, it's and, and I, I talked about it on our on our ears up in depth, I think a couple weeks ago now, too. I can't remember anymore. Um, but just real quick, Florida's always they've had a history of not doing contact tracing very well. I think you have a lot of people in that state that don't they they don't participate in contact tracing. That is a, a thing. Uh, when we talk about contact tracing, a lot of people just assume that oh, if you're asked by the health department where you were, you're going to answer honestly. And a lot of people just opt out. They don't need. They don't feel like they need to do it. Also, how how can you tell if you go to Disney World and then you uh, you know go over here to this other place and then you go eat out at a restaurant and then you catch COVID? How do you know where you? came from uh, so it's just it and plus florida has a history of not reporting numbers very well anyways okay so who knows you know it could be florida i would not be surprised if if they're sort of you know jockeying the numbers a little bit and shifting any numbers away from disney parks and, oh well then if you went on a restaurant it was probably from the restaurant they've they've yeah. they've been they've been gotcha. caught doing stuff like that they've been caught lowering the numbers artificially on the official website Okay. To to get under these restrictions, so and Disney also has a history of making sure that things don't quote unquote happen on Disney grounds. So the person who got decapitated on Big Thunder died in the ambulance on the way to the hospital as soon as they were off of Disney grounds. Let's so. put that right back. All right, take oh, him away. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> exactly. You're All right, right, and then the last He's story. Decapitated. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> uh, don't forget your ears, your Mickey ears. I won't need them. Uh, the downtown Disney shopping district extended today into Buena Vista Street. It was the opening, Ooh. apparently. And uh, from what I understand, three hours before it opened, there was a line. Mm-hmm. Wow. People were waiting in line. It's just I could see that. And that's the breaking news. Like that's all I have to, to if say. If I lived it. down there and I had a day off, sure. Three hours? Yes, because I haven't gone there in a year. I have an annual pass. All I want to do is just step foot in Disneyland. Yeah, I'll do it. I don't care. What am I doing? What else am I doing? 
No, I feel you. Yeah. I feel you. We had um, my friends that were there. They said that it was actually really cool to be able to do, you know, to walk by car, Cars Land and do all of that. And, and I get it. I think I would want to do it as well. It's kind of weird because you can't really do anything, do anything besides, <laughs> yeah. you know, spend money. So they but. did let people walk all the way down. Because that's what I was I was wondering uh, when we were talking about it last time was how far into the park will they let you go? So what the pictures that I saw from them, they went down Buena Vista Street. You can go into part of Hollywood land. They're able to go uh, down towards Paradise Pier. And then the, all of uh, Condor Flats was open as well. And they had yeah. tables there, spa- uh, you know, sectioned off and spaced out. The smoke Jumpers is open. Right, that's exactly. The food yeah. Place. yeah, exactly. Yeah. And so, I mean, that's that was it's cool because you get to be in the park. Um, but it's still strange to me because you're in the park and can't really do anything other than shop. Well, that's what I've always been saying. It's open the parks, don't run anything, no rides, no attractions, but let people go and charge people fifty dollars. You will make a killing. Yeah, you make a true. killing. I've also read that, uh, and I haven't seen any photos, but they've cleaned up the, the partner statue. They like oh. polished it, and oh. yeah. So I haven't seen any photos, but apparently that's. Nice. Um, that just happened. What else happened is the 21st Amendment is ready for the fall season with their latest release, Hell or High Mango. Hell or High Mango is made with real fruit and is sweet, slightly tart with tropical floral flavors and aromas. It's a perfect beer to enjoy during this fall time of year as the colors in the season change. Behind all that great mango flavor and aroma is a wonderful wheat beer with its biscuity, light bready notes and at a mere 4.9% ABV is even more enjoyable. Hell or High Mango is available across the country where 21st Amendment beer is sold. Go out and enjoy a Hell or High Mango today. Please, you're going to love it. I promise you. Um, let's see. All right. That was it. It got kind of heavy, but uh, I think we handled it very uh, professionally. And I'm talking about Taryn's uh, p- pirates uh, talk and the mermaid thing. You can't go to a mermaid museum. Can't. But my favorite part about that was like you, you asked, you, you, you said it as a statement. <laughs> Because you weren't sure. That's how I talk. I understand. Because I know there's not really a mermaid museum, but I'm trying to make a point. No, you don't. Yes, I do. No, that's what I'm saying. You rose (laughs) it as a question right at the end in case you might potentially be incorrect on that. There's no... Okay, I'm going to... A state of fact. Here we go. There's no mermaid museum because mermaids are not, in fact, real. I do understand that. But ghosts are? Yes. Okay. You know, there's probably more... And apparently so are pirates. Okay. Apparently. Apparently. I mean, it's one of those things. I don't know. We'll never know. We'll just never know if pirates were actually real. Bev knows. Bev knows everything about pirates. I was very impressed. Bev is a pirate person. (laughs) All right. Wait. I don't know what to say. I'm done. I got to find the uh, (laughs) The intro outro music. Yeah, that's what it is. There we go. Everything's new on this computer. Hopefully, by the next time, I'll have replaced every component possible. <laughs> God, I play, replaced the battery in that stupid thing. I got the logic board coming on Saturday. Got to replace that. I replaced the speakers. If the keyboard goes out, I'm, I don't know what I'm going to do. I'm going to jump <laughs> in the river. Maybe it's time for a new computer at that point. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I don't know. Thanks, everybody, for listening. If you're listening live and you are a Patreon subscriber, uh, head over to the Patreon page. Grab the link. We're going to be in the doing the secret show in about 20 minutes or so. Might run a little bit uh, behind, but uh, we'll at least try to turn that live on for you so you can get in the chat room and, and, and talk with everybody. So uh, anyway, check that out. If you're not on the Patreon team, well, hey, why don't you go to patreon.com slash years up and join up? Huh? What else are you doing? <laughs> 
I don't know. Anyway, mm-hmm. um, thanks a lot, everybody, for tuning in. And until next time, we'll see you in the parks. Wait, hold on. I got to get the stupid fader. See, this is the thing. That's why I need two computers. Because I got to fade this one up and I got to fade it down. I can't even...